What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a fun one for you. We are sitting down with Justine. She is a Bitcoin maximalist and a libertarian. Uh, we're going to be getting into both. She's also an educator, uh, and we're also going to be talking about you know some of the issues that beginners seem to have with Bitcoin and how we might be able to help solve that problem and get more people to adopt Bitcoin as their currency. But before we get into that, two quick things. It's another video interview. If you head over to YouTube, you will be able to see Justine's face. You also get to see a bit of the farm that she is living on in the background. Not really, but it is there in the background. Uh, and then secondly, do want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors. Not too many updates this week, so I'm just going to plug that Visa MCO crypto credit card that I've been talking about. You can earn up to 5% cash back on all purchases. Uh, they're also doing 10% on all grocery purchases and 20% on, on all food delivery. Uh, so head on over, sign up for that card. It's a wonderful credit card to have in the arsenal, some great perks. Uh, there's some other small ones that I always talk about, Netflix, Spotify, um, you get airport lounge access, stuff like that. But I think the main selling point is that up to 5% cash back on every single purchase, which is unreal. On top of that, the syndicate just had their VET, VeChain Thor, VET sale. You could have got 50% off your VET purchase if you had done it through the syndicate. Uh, now you're actually able to earn on your vet through Crypto Earn, which is a wonderful service. Uh, they're giving you 6% annually on your vet and you earn that interest in vet. So if you hold any, you want to be earning interest on it, head on over. Uh, they offer a wide variety of coins. You can earn up to 6% on Bitcoin, I think 5 on Ethereum, and then up to 12% on your stable coins. So if you have any stable coins sitting on an exchange, you can send them over, start earning a very, very solid interest rate on them. And then lastly, USD fiat withdrawals via ACH are now available. People have been waiting for this. It is now available. Uh, and that's pretty much it on the updates for this week. So let's get to the interview with Justine. Yes. Perfect. All right, so before we really jump into things, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you were doing before you found Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? Sure, um, and excuse the wind if it gets a little crazy. Um, I am pretty normal in the, in the essence that I'm not technical. Um, I joke that I'm the normie that fell down the rabbit hole because everything sort of in my life was about questioning the uh, narrative and sort of working towards a self-sovereign lifestyle. But Bitcoin just wasn't part of it, if that makes sense. So um, background for me, I was um, in elementary education and um, left the workforce to start a family, um, worked towards kind of building self-reliance uh, a homestead. I was working towards, um, gosh, like 90% of the food we were consuming. I was, I was making, um, built my own company, making, um, some like beauty and health products and selling them locally. And then life sort of changed and I had a big move. And, um, so my background is not technical whatsoever. So I sort of came across Bitcoin and went, wow, all this really makes sense to me. You know, a, a 
currency that is not controlled, um, a currency that belongs to the people, a currency that really represents freedom. And so all of my ideals made sense. It's just the technical thing didn't. So my background is very much all American, like normal, <laughs> just trying to, you know, produce something of my own. Um, so yeah, not finance, not tech, not anything of the sort. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty sem- normal, yeah, I think. A semi-rare breed for, for some of the people, especially on right. crypto Twitter. I feel like everyone kind of comes mm-hmm. from one of those two backgrounds. Um, yeah. It, yeah. it sounds like Bitcoin very much aligned with your lifestyle. You're kind of living the dream, according to some people. Um, started your own company, kind of living, living and sustaining life on your own with your family, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, so Bitcoin made sense to you. Uh, but from when we talked, there was a little bit of a disconnect between the tech and what Bitcoin actually meant and what it stood for, or what it stands for. Um, so can you kind of walk us through your aha moment when that happened, how that happened? Because uh, I feel like you popped up not too long ago on crypto Twitter and you've exploded since. People are really loving what you're putting out there. So kind of just want to get a timeline for everything here. Sure. Um, so I first looked into Bitcoin in 2016. Um, and like I said, everything made sense. It was sort of that missing piece. You know, here I was trying to depend on the outside world as little as possible. And this was the fix for the money aspect, which to me is, you know, the, the base layer of civilization. It's a tool that is, is vital. Um, and I looked at it and I didn't understand any of it and did some Googling and really tried to understand it. And the things that really stuck out to me is I had no idea how it was secure. I had no idea how this magical internet money could be secured by anything. I didn't understand um, what gave it value. I didn't understand how to even get started. Um, Looking at exchanges, looking at wallets, it just all seemed really, really complex. So I went, clearly this is not for me. This is for other people who are way more advanced than I am. Um, So early 2017, at that point I um, had my business. I was doing courses of like make your own products. For me, education is really important. So my goal is to teach other people so that they could be self-reliant as well. And so I was blogging on different platforms and sharing recipes that I'd come up with and things like that for products and came across um, Steam, which is now Hive, blockchain because James Corbett, who was an alternative news source individual that I used to watch, was talking about it and just simply saying, hey, this is sort of a community brand using blockchain, blockchain technology that you can share your content and you might earn some crypto. Um, so I started posting content and, um, the, the earning of content was really cool. And I really like that aspect now of getting people in, but that wasn't what drew me in. It was, it was like, I had this moment where I went, wow, like this technology is really interesting. Um, so I got more involved in the back end. That was my playground. Like that is where I got confident enough to go back to Bitcoin and go, oh, like all of these things I've been working to try to make this platform because I felt like there were some things missing for it to be any sort of currency whatsoever. Bitcoin fills that, like this is the currency. And so that was my aha moment. So at that point, I felt like I had had all the training, um, all the experience that I needed to feel confident and understand what a wallet was, understand what these keys were. And so then I invested in Bitcoin, but that wasn't until late 2018, early 2019. So it took me that long to really come back to it after feeling like it was way too advanced for me 
So that part of the story sounds very familiar. A lot of people I talk to, mm-hmm. they say, you know, I found it early, didn't really understand it, eventually had this aha moment a couple years later, and then they got very involved. You're a rare breed because one, your educa- or your background isn't finance or tech. And then on top of that, you didn't get involved by first buying Bitcoin. I don't know a lot of people that that's the case. Um, I know there's a big big community in the Dogecoin community that say that was their first cryptocurrency and that was back in, you know, back in the day. So it, it's mm-hmm. weird to hear now people getting involved, you know, in, in a coin other than Bitcoin. So congratulations on finding Steam first, then Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, you talked about one thing that's really, really important in the kind of adoption timeline or getting people uh, to understand Bitcoin and that it's it's pretty confusing when you first start out, uh, especially when you're not looking at it as just a straight investment. And I know you're big on you're here for the revolution, not for the pump. Uh, I think it's in your mm-hmm. Twitter bio, I believe, uh, maybe your pin post or something like that. Um, so unless you're thinking about it, you know, as an investment, where you're just like, I'm going to buy this, it's going to go up. I'm cool with it. That's easy. Uh, but to actually understand how the technology works, how the wallets work, how to kind of take control of your money, uh, it's a lot, right? And yeah. so I'm just wondering, because you've gone through this process, um, you know, if you have any ideas on how to make it a little bit easier for people to understand this from the start, because I'm sure there's going to be a couple people that watch this who are on the fence about Bitcoin. They're thinking, I, I like the idea. I just don't understand it. So can we maybe break it down for them in layman's terms? Sure. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people, this is a huge, to me, this is a huge void. You know, we have so many resources out there about Bitcoin, but is there really something that is breaking it down in a way that normies, quote unquote, can understand? Um, That's hard. For me, it was really experimenting with it. And I'm a hands-on learner, um, but for me, my experience on on Hive, which Steam is what it was called before, was what's what did it for me. Um, I played around with it. Um, I so for me, like a training um, module, which is that sounds crazy, but I've said that for exchanges before. Like even that first moment of trying to buy Bitcoin on an exchange was really terrifying. Give me a training module. Show me what to do. Give me little pop ups that say, "Hey, this is what you do here, and this is this, and you can do it without." risking sending your money off until internet land by one mistake. So that's something that I would really like to see is some sort of training module that visually takes people through their steps, lets them do it, um, and gives them that comfort because there is, there's a lot of, it's scary. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it's really scary. Um, that would be huge. I think that actually teaching the tech is probably easier than teaching the fundamental ideas of why Bitcoin is needed. So I was lucky that that already made sense to me. But I think first step is you have to break down what money is. You know, what is money in our world today and why is it corrupt and why is it a centralized, you know, weapon used against us? And if people can grasp that, then you simply show them by how it is secure, you know, how the network and how the protocol works together in a decentralized way to make it to where not one person is in control of it. And if you can visually show them that, then it's just about them learning how to do it themselves. Um, For me, it's a lot of times people are interested and they want to get involved, but they don't know what wallet to use. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten messages just from being on crypto Twitter of saying, Hey, my money's on the exchange and I don't even know how to move it. 
that seems really simple to a lot of people, but that is an actual concern for people. How do I move it to a wallet that I have custodial or that I have the keys of? Those sorts of simple things that a lot of people don't think about, I think are holding a lot of people back from self-sovereignty in a way. So the specifics of how, I think that's going to take some time. It's something I would like to touch on. It's something I would like to work on. I think a lot of people are. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's showing them, um, letting them play around with it and actually breaking it down. Tell me like I'm five in a, in a way that anybody can understand. Right. Nobody wants to, uh, I, I, I don't know how to put this other than like sound stupid, but when I first started, mm -hmm. I, I needed to hit YouTube to figure out how to send my money from one place to another. Mm -hmm. It was, it's not oh, yeah. very self-explanatory when you first get started. And I think for all of us who have been in the industry for years now, you forget about that. And so when, when someone says, I don't understand how a wallet works, I don't know how to send cryptocurrency. It's weird to us. Cause we're like, that's so simple. Like it's, you know, you do right. this, but to them and to us at one point, uh, it was very tough. There was one thing that you talked about there, uh, because I think the, that for, people who are on the fence about Bitcoin or who are not for it at all. There are two things, two, two kinds of people. Uh, there's the people that don't understand the tech and there's the people that don't understand really what money is. And you touched on that for a second. Uh, you, you didn't understand the tech, but you very much, uh, I guess, connected with the idea of what Bitcoin was. Uh, so can we maybe go into that? Cause I, I want this to be, a bit of a beginner's episode, you know, for people who don't know, you know, they're going about their everyday lives. They don't care about Bitcoin or don't know about it. You know, what, what is wrong with the current system that is in place in your own words? I mean, we're seeing it right now, right? We have, we have one group of individuals or just a couple individuals that could print money at any time as much as they want. I mean, look at what's happening in the world today. Every, dollar that they print devalues the dollar that we hold. So if you're a family trying to save, you know, trying to just live your life, you have other pe people in charge of the, the value of the assets that you hold. And that's dangerous. Um, that means you have no control whatsoever. There's always more power in having control of the decisions that you make. And I think most people understand that. Money is the tool that is used all around the world and one of the most important things and how somebody else who actually can devalue that anytime they want is a really huge negative for a lot of people um so for me i think that's a really easy way to explain it especially in this time period is because people are seeing all of this printing it's not tax money that they're giving out right now right like they're just printing it out of thin air and what does that do to the money that you hold you know what does it do to your groceries that you just purchased that now are going to be inflated up you know, ridiculous amounts. Um, so I think that concept right there is a lot of, is easier for people to grasp right now than rather maybe libertarian viewpoints that I sort of um, grasp that maybe don't, other people don't see. But yeah, I mean, your money's being devalued every time they print it. Take back control. Yeah, I think when, when people talk about inflation, everyone understands like, ah, this is a bad thing. I, I get that, you know, some small amount of inflation is kind of necessary, or at least that's what people say. Um, but when they think about inflation, they're like, hey, the stuff that I'm buying is more expensive than it was five years ago. They kind of understand that that's a bad thing or that they don't like it. But then there's this disconnect between how that's a problem and how Bitcoin kind of solves that problem. 
Uh, and so I think for a lot of people, if you can make that connection, you make it a lot easier for them to wrap their head around what Bitcoin is uh, and what you know this cryptocurrency decentralized movement is. Um, so you talked about some of those other libertarian viewpoints that you have. Uh, can we maybe get into a couple of those? Because I feel like you are, I would say, a shining light, an example in this community uh, that people kind of try try to achieve something that you have achieved or attained. Uh, so can we maybe get into a couple of those just to kind of get to know you a little bit more? Sure. First of all, thank you. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm really lucky in um, where I live. Um, I live on a, a ranch in California. Um, and uh, I know, right? <laughs> I'm very lucky uh, for that aspect. I, you know, from a very young age, I grew up in the country. Um, I grew up in in running the mountains barefoot and growing vegetables. That's just what you did. Um, it wasn't that we were trying to be self-reliant. It's because we lived an hour and a half from the store and we had dirt and we probably didn't have very much money. So that was a way I grew up, you know? Um, so that concept was always just the way that you do things. And then as I started to, as I grew up, there were a lot of things that happened in my life that made me question the narrative. I don't remember being young and questioning the government or the state or anything of that nature. It's just that growing your own food, making your own bread, canning items, that was just normal. Um, so my mid-teens, I sort of saw some things, um, some events that I saw firsthand and then watched how the narrative changed in um, the media. And it was this moment where I went, wow, okay, this isn't news. Like this is, this is entertainment. This is a story they're trying to tell and, and they're twisting the facts to fit that narrative. And then shortly after 9-11 happened and I went, huh, you know, like none of this makes sense. And so that, I started at a really young age questioning things and looking for truth and falling down rabbit holes. Um, so that just grew as I got older and I just realized the, the more control you have of your life, the more powerful you are and the less you depend on others. That could be as simple as, you know, you should stock food because if a storm comes in and you can't go to the store, then you can't feed your family. Like it doesn't have to be extreme, but it's just this mindset of being prepared um, in many different aspects. So that's been my life. Um, my goal was working towards being self-reliant, having a homestead um, and producing as much as possible as I could. I'm not where I was a few years ago, but that's just always been the goal. I would rather live in the middle of nowhere than the city. Um, and that's just my way of life, I guess. Um, I'm, homesteader groups were always something that I was sort of involved with. And crypto didn't really fit into that for some reason, because I think a lot of conservatives don't really question the government, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's like this weird, um, yeah, we want to do these things. We're conservative, but the government's great as long as they're our guy. Yeah. And I've just, that never, <laughs> never clicked with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, where I am right now, I'm on acreage of my family's ranch. Um, I'm building my own house, like with my hands. Um, and yeah, it's just, that's just, Killer. that's my goal. That's my goal. So that's, I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, you, you make sacrifices to have that life. Um, but that, that's the goal for me. So that's where I am. Yeah. It this your whole upbringing was kind of a perfect storm and was mm -hmm. kind of allowed you to open your eyes to Bitcoin. And I think a lot of people aren't able to do that because of their upbringing. You know, a lot of people are very reliant on the government and on corporations and they don't see a problem with it. And it's, they've just been conditioned to do this their whole lives. Uh, and I think 
breaking mm-hmm. away from that is something that the Bitcoiners and other people in the cryptocurrency industry are really, really gunning for. Um, so you, again, I just want to say shining example, shining light for people in this Thanks. industry. I think a lot of people are trying to attain what you have attained. Um, you know, I'm just because you, you buy Bitcoin, you own Bitcoin, uh, and that's a step in the right direction. In my opinion, in your opinion, mm-hmm. it's a good start. Uh, do you have any tips or like next steps, I would say? Because I, I know it's hard to make that jump from, okay, you bought Bitcoin, you have control of your money go you know live on a ranch build your own home are there right. any small steps that you think these people in the industry can kind of take to further their reliance on the government i would say yeah i mean i think that the path to self-reliance is one step at a time um i didn't wake up one day and decide i was going to make all my food and all my products and things and just do it right um i was i was a normal american i ate McDonald's and, you know, bought shit at the store. And it was just this moment where I went, man, I want to eat better. You know, I want to provide more for my, for my family. And so it started with making your own spaghetti sauce rather than buying it. And that sounds so weird, but this is actually what I would tell people. And when I did these classes is it's just one thing, like pick one thing that you can make rather than buy. And it goes from there. Um, and then one day you're not buying anything and you're making your own freaking lotion. Like it's just, it's a stepping stone. So to me, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's just pick one thing. And I think that goes into the same thing as a lifestyle. And, and when you're trying to get out of the thumb of the government, right? Plant some vegetables, you know, you can plant vegetables on your patio, look into it, do a couple things. So don't let it overwhelm you because nobody goes from zero to hundred overnight. It just doesn't happen. So pick one thing and master it. Just do it. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't um, be worried about what's going to happen. Just do it. And it's almost the same way with Bitcoin, right? Like my first transaction to send from, I think the exchange I purchased it on to my wallet was like, oh shit, what if I mess it up? (laughs) Like, what if, what if I screw it up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that test transaction, right? You just send a little, you know, you just send a little bit, you test the waters, you double check, um, just do it. And then it gets easier. And so you build that confidence. And I think it's the same thing if for individuals who want to um, sort of master more things in their life, bake a loaf of bread. You know, I see that all over Twitter right now. Everybody's making damn bread, which is great. <laughs> People are going crazy um, but with like, bread. They are. I'm like, why did everybody just get home and decide to make bread? I love it. But why? Um, so to me, it's just one thing. And that could be gardening. That could be, um, you know, working to own a little land. Um it, it could be very small things. If your goal is to depend less on other individuals, and in my opinion, that means depending less on the government, then it's just one step at a time. What can you make or what can you produce yourself that you no longer have to buy or depend on somebody else to produce for you? Even working for yourself, you know, like what jobs can you do where you're working for yourself rather than some other entity? And um, and there is some, you have to give up a little bit to have those things. Um, but I don't know if that's helpful, but yeah, pick one thing, pick one thing and don't be afraid to fail. No, that was extremely helpful because I feel like people, again, look at you or look at someone who's in a similar position to you where they're like, holy shit, you know, they, they have their farm, they're living on it, they're living off the land, they're not relying on the government at all. And it's overwhelming. 
And uh, you made that parallel yeah. to Bitcoin. And it's funny, uh, same kind of deal. You know, we are very consumed in the industry. We are deep in it. We're deep down the rabbit hole, as people say. Uh, but to start, the best recommendation is just a little bit. Buy a little bit of Bitcoin, send a little bit of Bitcoin, buy something with it. And then you can start to experiment with, I don't know if you're an altcoiner at all, if you're just Bitcoin, but experiment with alts, uh, experiment with different products in the industry, talk to different people, and slowly you get deeper and deeper. Uh, same kind of thing with this lifestyle. It's, it's not, you know, I'm living in the city, eating fast food every day. Next day, I bought myself a farm. I'm living outside. Right. It's, it's just <laughs> impossible. You can't really do yeah. that. Things are going to go wrong. Uh, so it's the small little steps that you talked about. Start a garden, you know, start baking, make make your own pasta sauce from scratch. It's all, it's all little things that sound very uh, unimportant, I would say. Uh, but eventually mm -hmm. those things build up and down the road, you're kind of living this very different lifestyle than you were, um, you know, while you were in the city. So I appreciate you giving us some tips on that. I like, you know, what you had said about getting people involved in Bitcoin, especially the people who are on the fence. Um, I did want to talk about something else really quick, kind of pivot a little bit. Uh, and that's your Twitter account. You know, you're you have blown up. I don't know when I first found you on Twitter. Uh, it's been pretty wild seeing you blow up and you just shit post like you're saying. Um, you, you said you were an educator at one point. Do you have any plans to get Oh, into I lost you there. Uh-oh. Oh, I can hear you now. Sorry. You no, no, no. It's, it's my internet. It's a little <laughs> bit unstable. Okay. Um, but, so no, I was asking, um, you know, you're, you're an educator, you said. Uh, do you have any plans to kind of get into education in the crypto industry or with Bitcoin? Uh, do you have any plans with, with the Twitter account? My Twitter is a hot mess, man. Um, I <laughs> same. We were joking that it's just yeah. It's, my Twitter is fun. I I just I just like the community and I have fun. Um, but yeah, I mean to kind of touch on what you said. I, first of all, I do want to say that I am not as far down deep the Bitcoin hole as a lot of people, and I'm still I'm still learning. Um, I think I have a very good um, starting point because of my background. But I still like I am not up there with everybody else. Um, so but I think it really does correlate with the same thing we were talking about is not everybody jumps into Bitcoin and goes, holy hell, this is great. Let me go buy 6.15 and start my own full node. Like, yeah, like it doesn't happen. Um, so I think we have to be open to that. And I think we have to understand that people do play around with alt sometimes and they do. It takes some time to get there. As far as my Twitter. <laughs> It's just for fun. I just shit talk and hodl. That's my joke. Um, but yeah, I mean, I when I was on Steam or Hive, um, I did a lot of tutorials of how to use the platform, um, breaking it down. I called it normie talk. And it was just about breaking things down in a way that end users can understand. It's not too complicated. It's very visual. And that actually did really well. Um, my goal is to maybe, if there's a need for it, help that way in Bitcoin. Um, because for me, I get frustrated that I didn't buy in 2016, that I, it took me so long to get into it. You know, you look at the prices and you're like, holy shit, like, what did I miss out on? Um, but to me, if there was something when I looked into it to not make me um, concerned, worried, feel completely overwhelmed and made me feel like I could do it, that would have saved me a lot of time. And if somehow I can help make that happen for other people, I would like to. 
I don't know how to do that. I'm not really a content producer. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I would like to do. Um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of ways I can be helpful in the space and contribute, but yeah, of course, like that's totally something as I learn, I would really like to use my experience to help other people learn and maybe save them some time and, um, pain. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, the deeper you get, the harder it is to relate to those people who are, mm -hmm. you know, brand new, but it sounds like you kind of have this, your journey into the industry, like kind of cemented the idea that, you know, it's, it's tough for the everyday average person to get into Bitcoin. Um, not only with your life, kind of how that's progressed, but also your Bitcoin journey. Um, so I think it would be a wonderful idea to kind of be able to break down those barriers. Again, don't know what your plan is. If it's just for fun, you know, I know a lot of people on Twitter just for fun, uh, trying to learn when they can. Um, but I think, you know, you, you do, you do have a voice now on the internet and I feel like you can help people in that way. Other than I, the... I, it's hard for me. <laughs> Sorry, it's ahead. hard for me to even accept that. It's like, what, why are you? And it is true. And I mean, I'm not trying to sound weird, but yeah, when I, when I say something on Twitter, it's almost like this joke, you forget people can hear you, you know, like I'm just saying what I think. And so sometimes when it gets a response, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Other people can read that. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yes, I would totally like to use that to be helpful if I can, um, because I do think it's a need. I, I do think that we need something. A lot of people, like you said, are too far down. They, they don't understand the idea that you can, that people don't get, you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. Like people don't get that. They look at the price and they're like, oh shit, I can't afford that. Like they don't understand. And so if we really want to bring more people in, we have to get on their level and we have to explain it to them in a way that they can understand. And yes, if I can somehow do that, absolutely. Maybe I'll pivot from being a, a shit poster to helping at some point you've slowly started transitioning i feel like you just changed your handle recently you are now miss hold or hoddle I, I don't remember um it's, it's hoddle there we yeah go. miss hoddle so you're becoming yeah. more serious you're getting more ingrained in the community um but no going back to that it kind of my biggest thing with some of i guess the older accounts or people who have been in the industry longer than others they're kind of hardened by it and so they give people who are putting out you know normie educational videos a hard time uh, but i think they have to remember that we've all been there at one point like yes i can laugh at one of my friends who asks me you know what's a wallet how do i buy bitcoin can i buy just a little bit i only have this much money like, yes, I can laugh at them, but then I realized this was me at one point. I remember when I first bought, mm -hmm. I bought a whole one. That's what I thought you had to do. Uh, luckily, price was low enough where it wasn't a huge deal uh, versus mm -hmm. now people are like, I, I can't spend, you know, $7,000 on a Bitcoin. But, okay, getting away from the Twitter account, I always like to ask my guests um, what you're kind of most excited for in the coming 12 months. So is there anything going on, one, in your personal life and two, in the industry that you're really excited for? So personal life, uh, building a house. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I designed and am building my own home. Um, it's actually an old homestead that I am repurposing. Um, that's been quite a journey. I need to document that more. Um, I'm hoping that will actually be done in the next couple of months. So that's really freaking exciting. So that in my personal life, I would say is the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, in the industry, I'm actually really excited about the P2EP by Blockstream and integrating into um, BTC Pay, 
because privacy is something I think is really important. And I think there's some other projects trying to take on privacy that don't maybe have the concrete um, security that Bitcoin does. And so to actually see that being handled on the Bitcoin protocol is huge and also having it available for end users. Cause for me, like I get what coin mixing is, but that's not something that I really feel like I can do. Um, so to actually have that available on, on a, you know, retailer is that's huge. That's amazing. So I'm actually really excited to see how that develops. Um, yeah, that just was released, I guess, or just announced this last week. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, big things coming in the Bitcoin side of on the Bitcoin side of things, mm -hmm. uh, and then you building your home, which is unreal in my opinion. You know, every, almost everyone else on Twitter is like, "What? I I could never do that." So, congrats there. You really are. I've said it Thank five you. times already, but living living the example, you're doing a wonderful job of it. I'm stoked to see where that goes. You should post more about it on Twitter. I would sure the people of Twitter would love to see that kind of stuff. Um, so last thing, I usually like to wrap up with a biggest tip, right? Um, and so I guess, did you have somebody explain this to you? Or did somebody try to explain Bitcoin to you at, at any point when you were first getting introduced? Did you talk to people, ask them about it? Or was it kind of all research on your own? So after I was pivoting back to Bitcoin, so in the very beginning, it was just sort of online stuff. I didn't know that Bitcoin Twitter existed. I didn't know that there was a community. I just sort of was looking online and that got me nowhere. Um, after I sort of pivoted back to Bitcoin after the Steam Hive um, kind of experimenting with there, I actually went to a Bitcoin conference in LA just randomly and met Dan Held. And, um, and I met Peter McCormick for a minute and Pomp was there and like, just sort of absorbed their experiences. Um, Dan helped me a lot. Just randomly, I would ask him questions and reading his articles, he breaks things down in a really easy way, in my opinion. There was some podcasts he did with Peter that I found really helpful. But actually, Shinobi, um, I've chit-chatted with him and asked him dumb questions, and he's been great. I mean, the first time I remembered going into The Voice, and at that point, I was simply saying, like, steam hive was my bridge to crypto like i don't understand your problem with it and you know him he's very it's all shit coin <laughs> um and and so when i first went in there he was like no i have no time to talk to you <laughs> like i don't i don't want to hear anything you're trying to sell and um i just started asking questions you know i was curious like tell me how this works and uh, he was amazing and so People, I think, are great in the community. And if you can somehow get them to talk to you, and I don't mean that in a weird way, but if you have the platform to ask those questions, the community is great. So I had a ton of help. I've been extremely welcomed, and I have asked the dumbest questions, and people have taken time to really help me understand it and grasp it. Because the tech was just, I didn't get it. And reading online articles was not helping. Like you said, YouTube. Like, yeah. I need I need you to break it down for me, or I need to see it. And so, yeah, I've had a ton of help. Um, but yeah, Shinobi has probably answered more of my dumb questions than anybody else. There we go. So yeah, the, the reason I kind of preface that the question that I'm about to ask now with that is because I feel like a lot of people's experience with it before they owned any Bitcoin was somebody tried to explain it to them and they just butchered it and did a terrible job. Uh, and so you've been lucky enough to be able to ask these mm -hmm. quote unquote experts, you know, these kind of dumb questions. Uh, but my my question would be, do you have any tips for 
people who are trying to explain Bitcoin to other people? Like, what's the best way for them to kind of explain it to somebody outside of the industry? First, put it in their hands. Um, don't don't throw them down the rabbit hole. Put it in their hands. That is the first step. Um, I mean, I have a lot of my friends who I've tried to onboard, right? Um, I will send them a little bit, you know, through my green wallet. I'm just going to send you it. I'm going to help you set up a wallet. You know, we're going to do this and I'm going to show you how it works. And then I'm going to show you all the places you can spend it. Because one, if they don't think it, if they don't think of it as a real currency, there's really no going past that. So that's always my first step is let me show you how it works. Um, after that, they get curious, right? Now they hold an asset that has value and they want to know what to do with it and where it comes from. Um, after that, it's just slowly but surely, okay, now you're going to do this. Now you're going to do that. Um, so not all at once and put it in their hands. And I don't mean go send them a freaking Bitcoin, but you know, send them a couple sats and, and give them a really good mobile wallet to play around with and so that they feel confident you know, help them sign up on an exchange and, and show them how it is. I know that's hard to say because it is very one-on-one, -on -one, but if we're talking about onboarding, onboarding our friends and family and um, people in our life, I think it's just, it's a slow process. It's a stepping stone. Just give them that little hint, you know, let them get curious. Um, and after that, they're going to start to fall down the rabbit hole themselves too. There we go. Yeah. It, it, it's so tough because it really is a one-on-one -on -one experience. Uh, or like a, you know, person to person kind of transaction where you really need to sit down and explain things with them. Uh, you can't just give them the elevator pitch and send them on their way, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate. But then again, you know, if you have someone to do that for you and with you, it really cements, you know, the idea that Bitcoin is something special. And I think that's what keeps people in the industry when you can actually sit down, explain it, walk through all of it with them, answer all of their questions. Uh, so wonderful tip for them. Um, really quick on, I, I guess, philosophy, because you talked about, you know, showing them where they can spend it. Uh, and then earlier in the episode, you talked about the fact that you shit talk or shit post and hodl. Uh, so mm -hmm. what's your what's your ideology here? Do you want to hold out for long term here or are you spending your Bitcoin on a day to day basis? So because of when I got in, I've actually talk to a few of we'll call them ogs about this and they hate it right they don't want to spend their bitcoin which i get because of when i purchased bitcoin and when i invested i'm not really losing a lot of money to spend a little bit if that makes sense like depending on when i bought and you know i'm, I'm trying to stack all the time but like if i spend a little bit when i buy a bitcoin shirt online and i want to i want to pay in bitcoin because i think that that's great like to, it's just it's a cool experience so I do spend a little, but I'm in the spend and replace. So I spend and then I immediately go replace it. Um, for me, I think actually taking a little bit. So as an example, my mom, she has a wallet and she oh, has wow. a little, some, some sats on there. Yeah. Um, and I am forcing her to use it that. because, right, <laughs> she she's not a true Bitcoiner yet, but we've got her on her way. She so owns when, a little um, bit of Bitcoin. <laughs> she owns a little bit. And so I actually make her pay me in that way. Like if we, you know, I got to send her something, she sends me, I make her send it to that and I send things to her. So it's the same amount. We're just sending it back and forth through things and that's her using it. And to me, that's something that's important for people is to understand it by using it. So I'm a hodler. I am not, I'm not checking the price and I'm not selling. I'm checking the price to buy. Um, my goals are more long-term. Firm, but I don't see any problem with spending Bitcoin. I just, yeah, I spend and replace. And I get I get the issues with it when it comes to privacy and things. Um, and yeah, 
tax purposes and all of those things. But for me personally, yeah, I, I spend and replace and then I, I hodl. <laughs> there we go. And uh, sending back and forth between your mom. I, I feel like that's yep. one of those small steps that you can take. You know, we talked about small steps in mm-hmm. this episode. And I think that, you know, just between family, instead of using fiat currency and kind of cycling right. it between the family, you're just sending Bitcoin back and forth. That's a step away from the current system. Truly beautiful. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different ideologies here. I know people who only transact in Bitcoin. You know, one person that comes to mind on crypto Twitter, I don't know if he still is, but Ken Bozak, I remember when I first started talking with him, he was pretty much paying for everything in Bitcoin. Uh, there's the Bitcoin family. I don't know if you know them. Didi, mm-hmm. I believe is his name. Uh, the father and the family, he, they completely live on cryptocurrency. So there's people like that. There's some of the OGs who have made a ton of money, who are just here for the money, who say, hold out, you'll make a bunch of money. There's OGs that hold, that say in the future, they will solely transact in it, but for now it's not worth it. Uh, so it's just good to kind of get your preference and what you're doing with your Bitcoin. It's nice to know. And I'm sure the community is at least a little bit interested in it. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a balance. It's a balance for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so we talked about a lot. We talked about how you got in, kind of gave some tips on how to get other people in, um, talked about kind of breaking away from the current lifestyle that a lot of people are living. Uh, and I know a lot of people on crypto Twitter are very inter- interested in that kind of stuff. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want my audience to know? Uh, or the good people of Twitter to know? Um, I, I mean, I'm telling people who have been in the space all the time. It's a stepping stone. Um, becoming a, a Bitcoiner takes time. Be patient with people. You know, um, I think a lot of people are very welcoming in this space, but I do think there's a disconnect. So just remember that if the goal is for this to be the new currency, right, which is my end goal, you're going to have to get people in and that's going to mean you have to be patient with them. Um, as far as that, yeah, if you guys want a more um, self-reliant lifestyle, just one thing, pick one thing. Don't um, don't overcomplicate it. And I think that sort of correlates with Bitcoin too. Don't overcomplicate it for people. One thing at a time. Um, yeah. Lovely way to end it. I'm going to just throw this out there, you know, to the people out there who are the hardcore cryptocurrency people who are a little bit i'd say jaded just quit being an asshole you know a lot of people when they're new it's it's tough for them um so kind of be a little bit more patient liked what you were saying there uh and again thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate you taking the time oh thanks for having me it was fun